on Rogue Padron. Oh, look, it's Lyra. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Someone just made a copy of the show notes. <laughs> hmm. But more importantly, it's also Jin and Cassian and K2 and Baze and Chirrut and Bodhi. Bodhi! They're still dead, though. Oh, I'm sorry. This isn't a choose-your-adventure where they all get to live. It sure is not. <laughs> oh, we should write that, though. We, we should, can. though. <laughs> this is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. Yeah, you guys gotta get weird with this one. So many balls. <laughs> <laughs> That was so Bodhi. <laughs> Excuse me, that's Brigadier General Melbar. Yeah, there's, there's two Darth Vaders. They, they kind of swap in and out as Natalie Portman and Anakin Skywalker. Pepperoncini! That's what she said. Listeners, stop typing, Heath. <laughs> I got. I just got to mute my mic. Oh no, but it'll still be on the you recording. Can't, like, I'll type. I'll type softer. I'll type. We have softer. to take make... our audio quality seriously if we're going to be able to eat. <laughs> I'll type softer. I'm making a good joke. <laughs> make just make your joke, and then Meg will start. Yeah. In the history of cinema. All right. <laughs> you made that joke before. <laughs> Listeners, welcome to season fourteen, mission three, episode probably one hundred and sixteen of <laughs> Rogue Padron. Tonight we'll be start. We'll be continuing our Alex Friedrin. Is that what we? That's just, what we're I calling it. That's what we're calling it. Alex Friedrin. Are we? Are, that's what Sap is calling it. <laughs> continuing with the Rogue One novelization we'll be doing the first half approximately it's like the first 10 chapters i think yeah it'll be a really depressing time (laughs) so before we jump into it a depressing time for depressing times (laughs) yep (laughs) so before we jump into it a quick reminder of your hosts if heath rogue three gave out not candy at halloween He'd give out packets of caffeinated crystal light for the parents to keep up with their kids' sugar highs. <laughs> That's so thoughtful. It is. And it's, it's, it'll work. It will, it will work. <laughs> Danny, Rogue Six, would give out dog treats with business cards attached to reward all the good doggos dealing with nonstop doorbells and advertise their dog walking services. Yay, let me walk your dog. <laughs> so thoughtful, little face. Yeah. No, now I'm scared of uh, me. Now I'm scared. Staff <laughs> <laughs> Rogue 7 would actually be taking the Kit Kats out of the bags as the kids visit. It's the trick part of the trick. <laughs> so thoughtful, Saf. <laughs> Look, Someone's if they're American Kit Kats, I'm just yeah. saving these kids from disappointment. 
No, they're New Zealand, I assume, because you're in New Zealand and not American <laughs> we don't kids. We do trick or treat here, so my assumption is I'm over there what? saving kids from bad Kit Kats. You can tell because you just okay. called it trick or treat. <laughs> it's what trick or it? treat. Trick or treat. Two words. Trick or treat. Trick or treat. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's trick or treat. Trick or treat. No, it is. There you no. go. No, I don't. Oh. No. All right. And I'm Meg, a rogue leader, and I'll be throwing handfuls of sand and seashells into the bags so only the weird kids will come back next year. That's a good idea. Good. Good. And you get some seashells. Hey, I'd be happy with that. Right? I would give it a lot of apples when I was a kid. Oh. It's because we, we don't trick-or-treat here, so uh, if you try, you just get whatever they have in the house. <laughs> Here's... An I would get given like fifty cents, um, an apple, some some chips, sometimes maybe some like were those original lollies, you know, <laughs> the good stuff. Wait, now, okay, so if there is no trick or treating, what do New Zealand kids do on Halloween? Uh, they just eat candy at home. Oh, so <laughs> Wait, you just go buy your own candy. Your I mean, the parents do. I mean, it depends. Some neighborhoods like. The people, like the people in those neighborhoods, will organize for trick or treating to happen. But in general, it's not a thing. Like we don't have candy prepared for kids coming by tonight because they ain't gonna come by. Yeah, that makes sense. Here in America, we're teaching kids the the values of hard work and pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and going out and earning your keep. Yeah, yeah. but also you get free candy on Halloween. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you have to that. work for it. You have to go. Walk no, you don't. You just, no. you just gotta walk, or you just gotta go with your parents to the mall and do a lap really yeah. fast. That's the thing. <laughs> Trick or treating is never like actually work. It never felt like work. No, it was fun because like you're, like dressed up, everyone's ooing and eyeing over your costumes, and like, you're with your sorry. friends. I'm not working. Like you can for go with your here. friends. I literally and... cannot imagine any of this. This just sounds wild to me. And then, like, you go up to the doors and you dress as Indiana Jones and all of, like, the well-meaning people are always like, oh, are you an adventurer? Because they don't want to be charged trademark, like, fees or something like that. And I'm like, no, I'm Indiana Jones. I made this fertility idol. I actually put a lot of effort into this costume. (laughs) Please admire me. I love you so much. I was nine years old. (laughs) I don't care about your damn candy. (laughs) Like... Oh, oh! You think I'm one of those people who are just here for the candy? No. <laughs> Saf, Please admire to... my accurate costume. <laughs> Saf, you need to come to the states for Halloween sometime because not only do you get to experience trick or treating, but it's also just the best time of year. Yeah, I really want to because come visit it's for like the first day of Christmas. Should yeah, also we do that thing at Halloween next year. Yes. Yeah. Look, I'm just saying I want to come over to the States at some point for, like, both Halloween and Christmas. Because I want to experience a proper American Halloween, and I want to experience a white Christmas. Yeah, we could all go trick-or-treating together, and then all the parents, uh, the uh, parents, <laughs> all the, all the grown-ups <laughs> would yell at us for being adults just trying to score free candy. But it'll be fine, because we'll be with a baby. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we'll have the baby. It's for the yeah. baby. That baby is we... clearly still breastfeeding. No, it's for the baby. It's for the but baby. The baby will be dressed up, and they do not care. They yeah, don't if it's care. a cute little baby in a cute little costume, they'll love it. They'll give us four all adults candy. and a baby. That's legit. Yeah. yeah, and it's gonna be a cute baby. It's so. gonna be a and dang cute baby. Have, it better we be. We can all have a group costume. <gasps> oh my god! All right, all like right, a, all like right, a family. All right. 
Yeah, like Heath is Dorothy and the baby's Toto. And <laughs> okay, keep casting. Who are the rest of keep us? Going, keep going. <laughs> like to I, find I, out right I'm now sorry. if I'm lacking a heart, a brain, or courage. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've actually never seen the Wizard of Oz. I'm sorry. It's my baby's first Halloween, and I have I've got to have some veto powers here. <laughs> <laughs> that would be such a Heath move, though, to dress your baby up as a dog for its first Halloween. <laughs> like, that checks out, actually. Fine, we can all dress up as members of the National. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, There's only five. such a deep cut costume. <laughs> I had a fertility idol, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right let's talk well, about Star Wars. speaking of meg selling seashells by the seashore <laughs> i have a question about star wars um i don't know about the rest of you but i've decided to be a star wars fan again after the news we got this week <laughs> oh yeah big same which is that uh the game of thrones oh. dudes are out they're out Yay. i love okay my favorite thing about this is i love being right because I predicted this. I think on Blaster Can at some point, me and Paul like had an argument about this. Uh, I mean, where right I was now like, your odds are about 75% of getting it correct if you predict that a director is going to be fired. So Yeah, but I was so sure that these two would get kicked <laughs> off at some point. Like I was like, they have to be, especially after the Game of Thrones finale. <sighs> and so when it happened, I was like, I love being right. I love it. But also I love that they're not part of Star Wars anymore because we are saved. We are blessed. Thank yeah, you, Kathleen only... Kennedy. Not only are we spared from them doing Star Wars, but uh, apparently the rumor today was that the story they were working on was the literal origin of the Jedi. That would have been so... Oh, uh, God, that would have been, been so, so atrocious. So bad. Imagine them that doing that. really awful. God. Every Jedi would be, like, a boring white man. Or a real sexy lady who can't do Ugh. anything and has to be taught by the guy. Yeah, great. Like, no, that's so boring. Like, if you're gonna have origins of magic power, have it be something ridiculous, like a badger mole. (laughs) Yes. It's not something that should be told in a movie. It should be, like, a thing that's just mentioned. Or, like, oh yeah, this weird thing happened. (laughs) Have you heard about it? And that's just, It also doesn't need to be explained. It could be, like, can it be, like, okay, I want it to be, like, the Princess Bride. They've just been around, and that's enough. Okay, I want it to be, like, the Princess Bride, where Rey is reading the old Jedi text to, like, her and Rose's daughter in the future. And Mm -hmm. so it's bookended by Rey reading this kid the old Jedi text, and, like, having to make shit up to make the kid happy as well. And it would be so good. Hey, Star Wars, let me direct this movie. Okay, I'd be into that version of A Princess Bride because I haven't seen the actual Princess Bride and I don't think I want to, but I would watch that movie. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Heath, stop typing. (laughs) What? Me? Type? What? I've never even been in front of you. Use your phone like the rest of us. Yeah, use your phone like a normal person. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm... (sighs) I'm glad they're off of it. I think it was a mistake to announce anything that 
early too. Yeah, like they keep announcing these things like that are so far in the future and like so uncertain that it really doesn't benefit them any, especially because like they don't have a plan. <laughs> it seems. Well, like. I feel like they did have a plan, and then Solo happened. Well, if so, that seems like a real bad plan. Well, there were if- like all these talks of like sequels to Solo and stuff. And then uh, the moment Solo happened, those talks just disappeared. And even, like, they even said that, like, they needed to... Was it Bob Iger? was like, we may have put too much out too fast and we need to step back a bit. Um, Yes. Yeah. Yes, Bob, you did. You did. I, for one, am very happy to just have live-action TV shows for a while after Episode Nine comes out. And even if those needed to, like, take a break for them to recalibrate, like, I feel like this trilogy is kind of an event and now we can kind of take a breath. But yeah. um, we're not going to take do... a breath because Mandalorian's happening, Clone Wars in February, and oh, shit, like two more shows Wars. in development. Like, I do really and, like, want a big plenty. movie about weird force shit. Like, of course I want that because that's my jam. But that's what I want. And if that does happen at some point, I will be really happy. Oh, yeah. I have yeah. a feeling that if D&D were working on that, like that that idea for a movie hasn't gone away. Oh, yeah, yeah. From what I from what I can tell, like that movie, that that idea is still going to happen, but hopefully they'll have a, a more di- more diverse creative team on that, so it's mm-hmm. not boring. Mm-hmm. Make it all aliens, oh, all just aliens. make it really I'm weird. Just, I mean, the Clone Wars so already made it weird. Humans. Like it's been the a, been a lot humans. of humans. <laughs> yeah, but the, like the Yoda humans. arc and the end of well, the original end of the Clone Wars um, was that. just weird force shit, and I want that. We should we should do episodes on that arc because that arc is ridiculous. I love that I arc so it. much. I love Gollum Yoda so much. What? <laughs> yeah, that arc Meg, is you gotta wild. Watch Meg. This. I could not make it through. Like, is that was that the one that showed up on Netflix? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. I was tired by that point. Like I'd watched everything that had come out from like Cartoon Network. Oh, Mick, the but Netflix, not... the actual Netflix episodes of the Clone Wars are, like, the best of the Clone Wars. Yeah, they were really good. They were oh, yeah. really the, good. Okay. The Jar Jar love story is in there, right? Uh, no? No, that no. was earlier. That wasn't yeah. the original Clone Wars. That wasn't in the Lost Missions. Oh, I could have sworn, like, really the, the Jar Jar and Mace Windu team up. <laughs> oh, the best episodes of the Clone Wars. Guess what? I did not really care for the Clone Wars. <laughs> Look, it had, it had good tragic clone shit. And it had weird force shit, so it was my jam. All right, all right. I mean, it's not. I guess it'll be on Disney Plus. So. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> I was like, it's not on Netflix anymore. Well, I guess it'll be on Disney we'll Plus. So okay. I, I'm so like, I'm so excited to start watching the Star Wars movies for my marathon pre uh, the Rise of Skywalker. But I'm also like, I'm just gonna wait two weeks and then it'll be on the streaming service. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like the DVDs are right there in the shelf. I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna tell you, swapping out those Blu-rays has been really annoying. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to wrap up before the baby comes, so I can't wait until November 12th. And it's been, it's been a, it's like I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I streaming <laughs> streaming has made me really lazy when it comes to watching things. Like literally, and yesterday I had like watched half of Empire Strikes Back the night before. Then I was like, oh yeah, I'll finish tonight. And I was like. Wouldn't it be great if I could just open Disney Plus and I'll be like, yes, here's where you are. Now start watching it again. And I was like, I have to boot up the PlayStation 4. I got to wait for the disc to load. I got to like wait for the menu to load and be, then be like, yes, please continue where I was. It's like a whole, 
Ugh, I can't wait. Our lives are never... really hard, is what you're saying. Basically. Honestly, my favorite I thing about streaming is that, like, with in, y'all right now, <laughs> in my country, in my area of the world, the little tiny little <laughs> bit of the world that gets ignored, um, it used to be like impossible to get like TV shows and movies and stuff if they didn't actually air here. So you know. Most of us resort to piracy because it was the only option we had. Streaming has made me so lazy that I'm like, if I can't access it on Netflix, I can't be bothered even trying to pirate it. Like, I don't even care anymore. If it's not easily accessible to me, I don't care. That thing is out of my mind and out of my life. So thanks, well, streaming, for go. making me Live so like lazy that. I won't be illegal anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, Heath, if your baby is born on November 12th, I believe that you are contractually obligated to name it The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. The yeah. Mandalorian, yeah. And then you yeah. put a helmet over its head and you will never see it forever. Yeah, forever. Exactly. Yep, yep. So until you know, at a guaranteed cute baby. Until at a point of Disney's choosing, someone removes it dramatically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh yeah, we signed that contract already, I think. Yeah, I figured. I saw that as one of the options for the early sign up. Yeah, it was the um sign your baby over to us Disney Plus plan. <laughs> It was just lifetime <laughs> access, and you know, I can't turn that off. It's of not. too good of a deal. I mean, what are I mean, the odds? The you'll have more babies, right? But when will you ever have lifetime access to Star Wars again? I was like, do I, do I want my child to have any identity or to be a helmeted weirdo? I mean, to be all fair, right. your kid will be the coolest kid in school. Everyone loves Boba Fett, so your kid will be great. Unless all the other kids in school are also named the Mandalorian and wearing a helmet for their lives. <laughs> unless oh, unless no. this show is like a hit like <laughs> like beyond anything we've ever seen in culture and all of a sudden like every child is named the Mandalorian. <laughs> at which Listen. point at which point I've signed my child's life away for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> So speaking of signing your child's life away for nothing, let's, let's talk, talk about, about Rogue, Rogue One. One. Oh, no. <laughs> that segue oh, was too good. I guess you better name good. your kid Jenner, so. I was waiting for the right segue there. <laughs> you found it. You, you found, found it. it. So continuing Rogue Friedrin, uh, Alex Friedrin, I don't know. I I mean, whatever. It's Rogue Friedrin, who cares? Continuing Freed Rogue Podrin. Freed Podrin. <laughs> Um, we're doing Rogue One the novelization because it's good and heartbreaking. And to begin with, Galen Erso is a shit farmer, but at least it's keeping his family safe because if he didn't suck at farming, he'd just go back to dangerous science research because he can't help himself. And then they'd get caught. <laughs> I love this. I love this so much. It's just like Galen was a good farmer because he wasn't bored by it because he didn't understand it. <laughs> Most people who take a farming get bored by it. (laughs) This is because they're good at it. (laughs) It's so, it's, I just, like, I get it, Galen. I get that you feel like you have a higher calling in life. He's a workaholic. He's got a higher calling. Like, I get that. I get it, but you sound so douchey about it, Galen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, you just, you just can't help yourself, so I better start making more weapons. Like, get out of here. (laughs) Jin, uh, Chow Jin loves to dig. She's just digging around a lot. Um, <laughs> and Lyra Ursa has finally started to smile again after they left Coruscant and were free from Koenig. Oh, boy. <laughs> Except they're... Huge depression mood. <laughs> yeah. They're not actually free because Koenig's here. <laughs> He's here on a fancy ship. Um, but they're prepared for this and they start getting ready to run. 
And Galen feels sad because he sees Jin's toys left in the dirt and she'll miss Stormy. <laughs> I like that her toys have names. It's very cute. All of them. Man, I, t- I, I know the answer to this already, but have any of you read the Rogue One Viz Dick? Yeah, I have. No. Yeah, there's like two whole pages that are just like Jin's toys and all their it's names. So there's cute. like 20 of them and it's great. It's so good. And they're all just like, Galen carved a X-Wing toy out of some wood that he found on his farm. It's it's real cute. So Galen is like, I have to buy time because I'm critical. Critical, listen to me, right? Like, he knows critic. <laughs> um, and so Lyra contacts Saw and gets away with Jin, and Galen's like, at least they will be safe. And then she's... Lyra goddamn fucking Urso, and she's not leaving her husband to Krennic, so she comes back. And first there's some sad mum and daughter stuff, and it breaks my heart, and I love it. Um, and then we get, oh look, here's Lyra, back from the dead. It's a miracle. And, and in then... the space between Itza and Miracle, Galen in his head is just like, God damn it, we practiced this plan a million times. <laughs> Krennic shows up, I'm gonna tell him you're dead. That story doesn't work very well if you walk over the hill. <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, the Rogue, the rogue One. You had one job! You had one job! <laughs> you had one be, job. Pretend to be dead. Your job was to be dead, and here you are! <laughs> You're not dead in your job! And then Lyra actually is dead, so you know, it all works out. Uh, <laughs> is that here, out? Here is Lyra. <laughs> here was Lyra. <laughs> Back from the dead. Not for long. Not for long. It's not much of a Listen, miracle. Here, You're not here supposed to bring Lyra. people back from the dead. That's the most like sacred rule. Yeah, have you seen Pet Cemetery? God. Have you seen Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood? I've seen none it of these. Never things. Well. It <laughs> never Galen ends well. Galen was too busy trying to figure out how farming works. He couldn't watch Unless... anything. <laughs> they didn't have movie um, nights. You think they got reception out there? Yes. <laughs> Or maybe they weren't too lazy to change out their Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> Unless your name is Jesus, rising from the dead never works out well. <laughs> I mean, the, did that work out for him? Even then. Oh. <laughs> Even then, debatable. <laughs> oh, you mean the third Death Star, Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> debatable. So, more Rogue One stuff happens. I'm just skipping over a bunch of this stuff because we know it. Cassian's on the yeah. Ring of Kafreen, where the slogan is, where good green- dreams go to die. No, where good dreams go bad, which feels like foreshadowing because that's like this entire movie. <laughs> Yikes. Your, your first version was better. I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah, it was. I mean, someone did die there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cassian's frustrated because he's late and he's being impatient, which means he's being a bad spy. Tivik, his friend, dies, blah, blah, blah. Bodhi Rook has always... <laughs> his friend dies because Cassian shoots him in the yeah. back. And to be fair, Cassian oh, yeah, does... Yeah. Yada, yeah. yada, yada, there's, yada. There's a difference between dies and also <laughs> murdered. murdered. Yes, it's a mercy killing. Yeah, Cassian it's... does feel very bad about it, but he still did it. It was nice. Okay, so when I Seth saw Seth literally scene, tried to do yada 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 just now <laughs> over a murder. It's just Timmy. No, he died. He just died. People die people in this died. book. A lot of people die in this book, okay? We've got to get to all of the death. Wait, Lyra just died. <laughs> We've already been on. two pages ago. I see yeah. you've already okay, decided back from the, the death Oh, the died treatment. Yeah, I have. I have decided. <laughs> hey, that's Timmy. what you have to do when you're rogue leader. Yada yada yada. You do have to decide who dies. 
So Buddy um, Rook... When I watched this scene in the theaters, I, I was like totally shocked the first time because I had a, a totally different idea of who Cassian's character was going to be. Yep. So it was nice. I, I like. I appreciate the novelization for getting us in his head a little bit, and it softens mm. the blow just a bit. Not. Mm-hmm. Not. It's still kind of like, what are you doing, Cassian? But yeah, it helps. There's some self awareness yeah. in there, and also guilt. Like he doesn't want to do that, but he's doing it for the sake of the rebellion, which yeah. is kind of what this whole <laughs> this whole thing is about. He comes back to it throughout the book, and so it's nice that like nice. It like I appreciate that. It's 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 stuck. Where, like he never mentions Tivik again in the movie, but it's it's nice to see that he like actually had an effect on him a little bit yeah so Bodhi rook has always doubted himself and he continues to now he's not actually sure he's doing the right thing but he thinks he is jeddah sucks and he hates galen for making him do this mm. uh Mood. and yeah he he's doing his thing jin's roommate on wobani is not only a woman a weird alien uh, a woman called nail but she also plans on killing jin because she wants a quiet cell um so, nail so is the- a hero Nail is a hero. Like, who among us wouldn't go to those lengths to get a quiet cell? I mean... Mm, also, like, her name is Nail. Yeah. If you've lived in a dorm room, I think you can relate. <laughs> if you've lived in a dorm room, you can relate to prison. Right. Or if you've, or if you've shared a room with a sibling, also that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So when the rebels come to rescue Jin, they're not just saving her from the Empire, they're saving her from Nail. Uh, and she realizes right away that they're rebels and she doesn't not want to go with them. Uh, so she kicks some of their asses and then K2 is just like, oh my god, we're rescuing you, stop doing this. <laughs> and it's good. Jin locks all of her bad memories and the things she's done... The things she's done yeah. with, <laughs> I always did that very <laughs> wrong. The things hmm. she's done, she's over them, like Saw, into this cave that she hid in, on Lamu, which exists in her mind. And she hates everyone who knows about anything in that cave because it means that she has to, like, recognize that it exists. And the rebel saving her means that the hatch of that cave is blown wide open and her repressed trauma is just flooding out, which is great fun. Okay, well, let's talk about this, because the cave, like, comes up throughout this whole book and it's kind of an important yeah. thing. So let's talk about Danny. Sound like you had a place to go with that. Oh no, that that was that was it. That was a prompt for you, Rogue Leader. <laughs> yeah, now it's your job to lead that discussion. Yeah, well, I mean, the cave is kind of like the when she like lost both of her parents. The cave was where she was supposed to go, and she was like a well-behaved girl. So instead of like trying to get out and go save her parents, or whatever, she was like, okay, I have to stay here. And she was there for ages before Saw actually came and got her. Um, and so like. It is a place of trauma for her, so it makes sense that she would put all of her trauma in a mental representation of that cave. Yeah, and I just, I think it's, I don't know, like, Freed is just such a brilliant author, as we all know. We love him. But just, like, that he was able to, to, like, take that step and and make that connection between, like, that cave where, where she had that experience, and then using that, like, it's such a good metaphor for like her repressed emotions and like vulnerability that she like slowly becomes more comfortable with opening up to everyone. Like, I think one of the biggest complaints people have about rogue one is that Jin like turns around on the, um, like Jin's character development happens too fast. and doesn't make sense. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. this whole cave metaphor throughout the book is like the best part for me anyways, of like understanding why that turn happens. Yeah. Alex Freed really goes into, uh, making Jin's character make a lot of sense and how she changes her mind. So if you've yeah, got that, that complaint was... about the movie, read the book. Yeah, that was my biggest complaint about the movie, um, and why I 
re- like appreciated Jin the least out mm-hmm. of all of like the the group was just because I didn't I couldn't understand her motivations um in the movie but then after reading this I was like oh okay um but then was also like oh this part really should have been redone in the movie to like make it more like the book (laughs) yeah (laughs) because because it is such like a common complaint about Jin that like obviously the like it might have been something that like okay maybe we need to think how we portray this in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whereas I actually identified a lot with Jin in the movie. Um, and then reading this, I identified with her even more. Because, I mean, childhood trauma about a mum dying. Ooh. I would identify with that. Um, <laughs> it's a little on the nose. <laughs> a little on the nose. Thanks, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. The but book like... definitely gets it into it a lot better. It's really good. Yeah. And I don't know if the movie, I don't think there's necessarily a way the movie could have, like, done the cave metaphor specifically. I think I think that specifically works really well in written form. Mm-hmm. But I do think, like, even just an extra scene, like, there's a conversation between her and Mon Mothma and the novelization later Yeah, on. exactly. That would have worked really well in the movie, I think, to kind of help explain that turn. Yeah. And if you had that actress being Mon Mothma there, like, also use her. Please, God, more. use her. Yeah. <laughs> Jin fantasizes about using Melshi, uh, who is here, and who she hit with a shovel earlier, uh, as a human shield to steal a ship and get out of there. The rebels know who she is, and she hates that they use her real name. Mon Mothma emerges from the shadows, looking both tired and steely, which is the best description of her ever. Yeah, <laughs> that is Mon Mothma. That's, That's Mon, Mon Mothma. Mothma's Tinder profile. Right? <laughs> tired but steely. <laughs> no, I cannot host. <laughs> <laughs> Jin tries to make Mon Mothma flinch, but Mothma only smiles before introducing Jin's new BFF, Cassian. Mothma lets her know that if she helps them, she can go free, which is about as good as Jin is going to get. And then I discovered that they spell it K-A-Y hyphen T-U for K-2, and I I had to spend like five minutes being like, what the fuck? I hate it. K-2. K-2. A-2, K-2. Cassian feels both real guilty about lying to Jin and also extremely worried about what she'll do to him when she finds out that he's actually gonna kill her dad. Yeah, fair. Yeah. I, I would feel that same way in that situation, I imagine. <laughs> yep. Bodhi on Jeddah is just like, what the fuck? So in his band and nothing like the rebels <laughs> that he expects. He's so upset. They're so not upset. really... It's like, it's they're Why not aren't rebels. they taking me seriously? They're, they're not the rebel They're the partisans. They're the partisans. <laughs> I feel like Galen probably neglected to mention some important details to Bodhi when he sent him on his mission. I mean, fair, I don't I think, think Galen knows. Because Galen would have known Saw back when he was working with the Rebel Alliance. That's a good yeah. point. He doesn't know that uh, Saw, like, split from them. Right. Right, because, like, more supplemental material, um, if you've read Rebel Rising, which is about Jin growing up, like, you see the division that Saw is having with, like, Mon Mothma and the main rebel group, like, as it affects Jin growing up with him. So, like, yeah, as far as Saw knows, like, he's part of the the rebel alliance and not just doing whatever he wants. (laughs) Yep. Bodhi finally gets to meet Saw and... (laughs) Lies! Deceptions! (laughs) Borgallet will know the truth. (laughs) This movie is so many, like... Lies. It is very quotable. Deceptions. It's such a quotable movie. 
I love Mr. Tangles. <laughs> yeah, Critic? I think that I think my one criticism of the Rogue One novelization is that there wasn't a scene written from the perspective of Borgullet. I wouldn't have done that. That's a real like like the fact that like Jeddah blowing up like was written from Sagarera's perspective. Like the Borgullet was there too, and the Borgullet probably went up in 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 flames like the rest of the planet. Like why didn't we? We don't get know. Borgullet might be immortal. Borgullet might have survived it. It might be a spoiler. <laughs> and just, like floating for around the future in space. movies. And, like, we don't know, you know, Mr. Tangles' his point of view of having to do their mind meldy thing, right? Oh, yeah. He, he could be forced to, against his will to be, yeah, oh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I think he What if in, in, uh, in The Rise of Skywalker all the ships show up and, like, one of the Imperial Starfighters <laughs> is being piloted by Borgullet? Great. <laughs> I would okay. I would not be mad about I it. I figured we'd all be on the same page. We just wanted to check. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yes, and I hope it's never explained. Like, there's no story to it ever. Just it's just a shot of Mr. Tangles, and everyone's just like, "All, <laughs> all right." right. Yeah. Well, Project Project Luminous is a five novel series explaining how <laughs> Borgullet got from Rogue One to Rise of Skywalker. You know what? My hope for Rise for Rise of Skywalker Pre-order. is that everything leading up to that is so chaotic and fucked up that. At that point, we're just like, sure, yeah. <laughs> at, we're all just like, <laughs> all right. I'll, at this point, I'll take Borgullet in a in a Y wing cockpit. Yeah, that sounds right. That's <laughs> Borgullet right. in that Y wing from the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> that is more in line with what I was expecting out of this movie than what I've seen thus would far. Fly a Y wing, <laughs> or is it Borgullet in the backwards Y wing? <laughs> 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 that one store actually they had a, an enormous spoiler. <laughs> Except that's Gull Borlet. <laughs> they weren't supposed to put that out until Je- December 20th. <laughs> See, that's why they couldn't have a chapter in the book from Borgullet's perspective, because that would have spoiled all of this. It would have spoiled it, because we, we can't have any hints about the master plan. Exactly. This is all a long con. Uh, you got you got us, Disney. <laughs> got us. Uh, speaking of long cons, Krennic is invited <laughs> to see Tarkin, who is playing the long game, on the Star Destroyer Executrix. Oh my god. <laughs> Executrix. Maintaining what? one more important theme from Legends. Yep. Thank <laughs> yeah. you, Alex Reed. It's very sexy. Thank At least in, in book form, uh, Tarkin is only normal creepy, not like CGI ghost creepy. All right. Yeah. It's great. Jin has a dream, which is more like a memory of Krennic and her parents on Coruscant. She's hugging Beanie. Mama has a pretty cloak. She asks yeah. Papa why people fight, and he thinks it's because they can't agree on how to make things better. She thinks everyone would just agree if they stopped fighting, and he tells her to never change. She tells him he's a good man. Oh, boy. Oof. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Upon... we don't understand the universe. Yeah, it's true. It's really true. Upon waking up, she reaches for the kyber crystal that her mom gave her. So I was thinking about this while we were doing our Lyra Urso episode. But Galen is like a fun time weekend dad, isn't he? Like, yeah, I think he is. He's the definitely and like, like work hard, play hard kind of dad. Well, because like it definitely seems like lyra really instilled a lot of like jen's values she was the one who like took her with her um like 
as we discussed on her on her trips and her research and stuff like that, gave her the kyber crystal. Um, but like it's Galen's relationship with her that we are making this huge fuss about. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's really easy to sugarcoat one parent when you only have like those few good times with them because otherwise they're just not around. Yeah. And to be fair, Galen was around a lot once they got to Lamu. But before that, but even then, not. he's like he's like out farming and doing whatever, um, and still seems like he's keeping a distance, like from his his family. Besides, just to be like, "Oh, Jin, I love you so much," but like isn't actually doing the hard parts of parenting. Yeah, because also he probably doesn't know how to do those either. Yeah, he doesn't seem like he's great at being a human. Yeah, and so I just I just want to point that out because. It just really bothered me when Rogue One came out and everyone was like, Galen Erso, number one dad. I'm like, stop. <laughs> he is not a number one no. dad. He is not he a is number one dad. He is a complicated human. He tries his best at times, but he is not yeah. a number one dad. Look, no. look, I'm about to be one. And when I think of dads to look up to as role models, Galen doesn't make the list. <laughs> oh, what a shock. Do any Wait. Star Wars or Bail Organa probably. Bail Organa. There is Bail one Organa. great dad in Star Wars Bail and it's Organa. Bail Organa. <laughs> Bail Organa. That's it. That's it. Yep. Anyway. Yaddle's uh, so dad, book... I'm sure, did a good job before she left home. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. How else would she be so wonderful? Right. Certainly She's not of her own good. merit. Yes, I can only hope Whoa. to raise a child as magnificent as Yaddle. <laughs> With that luscious hair. Yes. Let luscious Auburn hair. That's, that's what you, as a parent, are in charge of making sure your child has. Luscious hair. Luscious hair. Oh, hey, wow. you have to, my parents have did to a bad sure... job at that. Wait, no, that hasn't, that hasn't come up in any of the books. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm having you a just... panic attack. It's you, gotta, okay. you gotta find it's some okay. good product. It's okay. Leah will know how to do that. You're fine. No, yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, that's why I'm reading the dad books. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <you're> <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would like boy. to register one complaint about this conversation. Oh, it's bad. That was a, that's bad. That's a bad, bad. thing. <laughs> stop! Stop listening to Galen. Stop listening. <laughs> Seriously, look, he's Galen's actually made bad energy <laughs> penetrating you. <laughs> so this book has like um, between some of the chapters, it's got like these little like uh, additional things, which are like data segments and stuff. Um, and in this one, Krennic and Tarkin are sending sassy emails to each other, and it's great. Document YT5368. Quote, official statement on Battlestation DS1 General Directive. End quote. Timestamped approximately two years prior to Operation Fracture, sent from the office of Grand Moff Wilhuff Tarkin. To Director Krennic, I find these communiques distasteful, but since you evidently require written reminders of your duty, I will oblige. It is incumbent upon everyone involved in the construction of the battle station of clearance level DS-30 and above to share a unified vision for the technologies involved and in turn our doctrine of use. The time for painstaking compartmentalization of development cells is past. Lying to your engineering teams about our ultimate goal let you recruit energy researchers and materials experts more interested in revitalizing Coruscant infrastructure than in building a weapon. For this, I give you credit, but we are building a weapon, one with a specific purpose that must not be compromised. Quite simply, it's time to stop playing games. Blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Are we of like minds now, Director? The Death Star is the ultimate weapon of war. 
It serves no other purpose. It is not a monument to your workers' scientific prowess or the cornerstone of a new navy designed to your personal ideal. Crude but functional is an acceptable watchword. See to your staff immediately. Document YT53688. Reply to official statement on Battle Station DS1 General Directive. Sent from the Office of Orson Krennic, Advanced Weapons Research Director. Respectfully, Governor, I request clarity. My understanding is that the Battle Station project was initiated at a level above either of us. I know you have the gear of the Emperor. Can you confirm that the vision you've elaborated comes directly from him? I would hate to see anything spawned from his mind described as crude but functional. Indeed, I endeavored to exceed his expectations. No follow-up documents found. A little bitch, Krennic. (laughs) (laughs) As per my previous email. (laughs) That's exactly what it said. As the group arrive on Jeddah, the group being K2, Jin, and Cassian at this point, Jin keeps thinking to herself, my father is alive, my father is a bastard, which is fair enough. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She asks Cassian why is the Star Destroyer above Jeddah City, and he says it's because Saw is a pain in the ass for the Empire, and they need a little more than a couple ties to deal with. And she's like, yeah, that sounds about right for Saw. Mm -hmm. Poor Gullet gets his tentacles all up in Bodhi's face, and he sees a bunch of memories. His mother showing him how to cut veggies and doing this because she feels sorry for him because of some loss he can't remember. And Maserno, his teacher and co-pilot, who called Bodhi his best friend. He oh, also, no. Yeah. He also remembers Galen Urso saying there is nothing brave about blind obedience and telling he, him he could simply ask for the truth. But Bodhi didn't then because he was scared. Yeah. Bodhi books. Bodhi books. Yeah. Bodhi's so great. Bodhi's there, so great. There are so many stories there tell his There's story so many please i know we're sure. already getting a cassian series but man i would love a uh bodhi series too with mm-hmm. i forgot the guy's name riz riz ahmed yeah yeah that'd be really cool it, it, it we could it would almost be cool to do like a, a like as a counter to the cassian show like to show mm. the empire side of what's going on while cassian's show is showing the rebellion side that would be pretty cool yeah anyways Jared is here Woo! oh it's a Hi, Jared. This is this is the first marker in the book. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Cassian tells Jin that Jared is one of the guardians of the wills, and they'll they've gone kind of feral now that the Jedi are gone, and they'll bite her hand if she looks at them wrong. And she's like, "All right, don't don't make me like them." That sounds like <laughs> my kind like, of person. That's me. I'm feral. <laughs> yeah, Jin is feral, and I personally love it. Um, and Cassian seems impressed by her like stubborn willingness to her determination, basically, and how feral she actually is. Because uh, she's doing pretty well right now. He wonders if Saw taught her the habit of not knowing when to f- or how to forgive people, or if she taught Saw that. And could be both. The yeah. Stormboat troopers catch them, etc. K2 comes to save them, and we get, I am taking them to imprison them. In prison. Classic. <laughs> A classic. Chirrut kicks ass, Baze saves his ass, and the fact that Chirrut can use a bowcaster with no issues whatsoever when it's pretty well established they're hard to use for humans is really cool. I mean, he is amazing. He is amazing, yeah. 
Yeah. And, and then there's another, like, supplementary thing, which is about, like, some researcher exploring what the Force means to other people and what it means for Jedi City. And for Jedi, the planet, even. And most of it's whatever, but to the Hui Yui Tni, it's the exhalation of the true amphibious god. And I think that's cool. Into that. I'm into that. More on that, please. I would like to know more about our new overlord, the true amphibious god. <laughs> <laughs> Namely his phone number, please. <laughs> I, I didn't say not that. Yeah, but you were thinking it. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, listen. <laughs> Jin recognizes some of Saul's partisans uh, from the prison cage, whatever. She asks about people that she remembers from growing up with them, uh, but they're all dead, which is depressing. She thinks she's ready to see Saul when she's brought to him, but she's really not because she does not expect him to look like he does. She wants to cry when she sees what's become of him. Because she hates him for what she's done to her, but also he is her dad. <laughs> and oh, hold on, hold on. Um, back when the back when two tubes and the other partisans um, come and drag them away from the square, I really like the extra speech that Jin gives to them about they're like. Why, what do you mean, like, if anyone kills you or your friends, you have to answer to Sagarera? And, like, Jin talks about how Saul, like, knows her, how she knows him, and all these, like, really intense language that, like, you know they obviously know each other because in the movie, yeah, he finds her and stuff like that. But, like, just in this, like, three-line speech, it becomes really clear that, like, how close they really were mm. and like how how much this is going to affect Jin to see him. Yeah, the book makes it really clear in a lot of points that like she does hate Saw for what he's done to her, but also yeah. she loves him a lot. Um they they love each other a lot deep down. And so when she sees him as he is now, she wants to cry because of what's become of him. And I also cry whenever I see him in Rogue One because I'm like, what has what has become of you, Saw? I love Saw so much. He had cared for her as if she were his own daughter, which she was. And so let's never forget Jin's true dad, Saul Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Keith, if you're looking for parenting advice, be like Saul Guerrero. Don't be like Saul Guerrero. Do not be like Saul Guerrero. <laughs> Do not be like Saul Guerrero. <laughs> Sounds fake. Yeah, at least, you know what? It doesn't even sound like a real name, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's a Star Wars name, so it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, both Saw and Jin are really hurt by the war, by each other, and by themselves. She wants to hurt him a lot, and she also, at the same time, wants to see his fire back because she thinks seeing it might spark her own again. On the Death Star Bridge, Krennic sees that 97% of Imperial forces will be safe from the test. 3% is a loss that's totally all good for the Empire. They can Those people can just die, it's fine. Tarkin's voice is described as unctuous, which is just the Ugh. most perfect description of him ever. And he's a sassy little shit to Krennic who can't help but rise to the bait and look like a dumbass. <laughs> Danny yeah. just changed sassy little shit to sassy little slut. Thanks, Danny. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tarkin's wow. a sassy little slut. Wow. Oh, Tarkin. <laughs> wow. Bodhi right. is surprised, horrified, and hopeful to remember that he's the pilot. He's the pilot. 
When Saul starts the message from Galen, the kid part of Jen wants to rush to his side for comfort and cling to him, and her heart breaks. Galen says that she is the same anger and sense of righteousness as her mother, and earlier on in the book, her mother is like, she has the same intellect and sharp mind as Galen, so she really is her parents' child. And that it terrifies Galen to think of her out there fighting the Empire because she would be ferocious. But he says that no matter what she's doing, he's proud of her, and he wants her to be happy, and she ain't happy, and she's lost her father, and it's not a good time for her. And, oh boy, here comes the Death Star! And Alex Freed really, uh, really oh hammers this in. Oh, it's up there again. It's up there again. Oh, no. <laughs> Alex Freed really just digs the knife in here and just like pours salt in the wound. It's a, it's a wild time. So let's get into it. Magoni, an old woman, eats her breakfast before her smoke ceremony. The smoke ceremony is heresy, but she thinks that a little dollop of heresy never hurt anyone. While making breakfast outside her little shrine in the mountains, she notices a silhouette in the sky. She thinks she's just getting old, and that's, like, some stuff in her eyes. And then she realizes that it actually is real. And at the age of 93, she is not ready to die. Oh, I am at the age of 32 and ready to die. So. <laughs> <laughs> Can't relate. Can't relate. <laughs> Can't relate, Megone. Like. Can't relate. All right, dramatic writing time. Pendra was pouting. Larn was praying the pout didn't sour and become a full-blown tantrum. He loved his daughter, but he'd seen her shriek for an hour straight, and he was late for work already. You're going to stand with Aunt Jola today, he said. She has those toys you like, remember? The ones that belong to Cousin Ked? Larn knew very well that his daughter had ignored the, sharp, the toy starship models the last time they'd gathered at Jola's. Still, if he lied in a soothing enough voice, there was always the chance Pendra would believe him. Instead, his daughter ignored his, ignored his words as he adjusted her boots. I want to go with Mom, she whimpered. So do I, Lauren thought, then cursed aloud as he tried to stand and banged his shoulders against the kitchen table. Oh, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Pendra was continuing her protests, but he wasn't listening anymore. He mom, scooped her mom, up. mom, mom! He scooped <laughs> her up in both arms, glancing about the cramped apartment to make sure he hadn't forgotten anything. All right, you know what's really funny? I'm picturing myself, like, holding Seth right now. <laughs> <laughs> She's small. You can do it. And now our listeners will, too. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's happened before. I yeah. That celebration yeah, I feel like there's a photo of that. <laughs> So far as he could tell, Pendra didn't remember the fight in the Holy Quarter. She didn't remember nearly dying and being saved by the whim of, who had it been? Not a rebel, not an imperial, but, according to Huika, some woman caught in the crossfire. When had Jetta become such a death trap? It hadn't always been this way. And now they were going to work, doing their shopping, like nothing had happened. Maybe, Lauren thought, he could talk to Huika. Maybe she was right about finding a way off work. But not tonight. Tonight, he just wanted her home safe. Larn and Pendra Silu didn't see the emerald light or hear the thunder before they died. Pendra never left her father's arms. Uh, oh, there you go, Heath. Oh, I don't <laughs> like it. Oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> I hate this book. This is, yeah. the worst, this is the worst Star Wars book. <laughs> Alex Freed is very good at this. This is real rude. Yeah. Is that a thing you want to be good at? Oh, I want I mean, to be good at that. I'm very, I very I, much I like want to be good, good at, at that. 
Very much so. Yeah. I don't yeah. Like it. Maybe it's a writer thing. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, well, I think it's a certain writer thing. Yeah. The order to evacuate had come while JN093 and her team were far from the city. They're waiting for pickup because they'll never make it back to the city on foot in time. JN092 asks if she knows why they're being evacuated, but she doesn't know. And he's a stormtrooper and should know better than to ask questions. JK027 makes fun of two. There's been something between them since they got back from a night at the cantina. And I realize in hindsight that I read the book around the first time and thought was like, ooh, something's happened between them. But actually they're arguing. They're fighting. They don't like each other right now. (laughs) So I was wrong. They're not gay stormtroopers. Or they could be. uh, But she needs them to reconcile. Two takes off his helmet and throws it onto the ground to look up at the shadow in the sky. Three's about to scold him when the pickup asks, the pickup pilot asks if she's still on the ground with her team. She's like, yeah, did you forget us? And the pilot says they'll be stuck up there for a while. Then he pauses and says that he's really sorry. (laughs) 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 Because he knows what's about to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Still. (laughs) Oof. Uh, they don't die immediately when the Death Star fires. They get hit by the initial blast. And she comes back to herself, finding herself dragging two behind a boulder by one up. And she can't see Kay. She sees the weapon in the sky and sees that the Rebels have finally done it. Two laughs bitterly, and he's like, I don't think that's the Rebels. Then the full blast hits them, and her armor protects her long enough for it to be painful. Oh. She dies feeling like she's failed her squad. That was so rude of Freed to include that line. That- yep. <laughs> she, yep. she stayed alive long enough for it to hurt yeah, yeah. really love it thanks for reading I'm actually we... feeling pretty emotional right now and I'm not even reading the book I'm just reading my summing, <laughs> summing it up <laughs> Saw sees his death on the horizon and even though he's scared of dying he knows it's time all there is right now that's important is Jin still on her knees after seeing the message from her dad and she's his only family now so he grasps her shoulders and tries to make her remember her fire so that she can escape because he can't do it himself She's his daughter. Mm. Cassian's like, holy shit, we found the planet killer. And he's like, oh, shit, we found the planet killer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bodhi's real messed up from Borgullet. All of his memories are in tatters, so he centers himself on the fact that he's the pilot. He's not even sure that he's not in Borgullet's cage right now, imagining all of this. When he sees the Death Star's attack, he believes that it's his fault because he was too late. Um, I would like to pause and read this very important base characterization moment. Yes, absolutely go for it. Yeah, I was hoping so, you would do this, which is why I didn't write these in here. Yeah, so <laughs> so this is uh, Bodhi, Baze, and Chiru running out of the out of Saw's uh, complex. Cassian's off to go find Jin. And they're running through all of the partisans who are still there, fully armed and everything like that. And this is starts with Bodhi. They'll kill us, he whispered to Baze. You don't know these people. Baze laughed so loud that Bodhi was terrified the rebels would look back. They kept running. Forgive my friend, Chirrut said. You would think it's funny, too, if you knew he wanted you dead most of all. (laughs) Bodhi didn't find that funny in the slightest. (laughs) My favorite thing is just, like, when they're, like, even in the movie, like, I I laugh at Chirrut and Baze so much because they're so funny together. So funny. Um, And I'm always the only person, like, when I watch when I watch the cinemas, I was always the only person laughing at this. Um, but when they're in the cell and Bodhi's in the cell next to them, and Chirrut's like, "Who's in the next cell?" and Cassian's like, "I think he might be an Imperial." And Baze is like, "An Imperial? I'm gonna kill him!" Right, let me at And him. Cassian's like, "Wait, no, 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 no! We need him. Don't kill him, please." Just right. imagining like any scene from this movie between Bodhi and Chirrut and Baze, but imagining what it would have been like if Chirrut wasn't there. 
<laughs> oh, bad time for Bodhi. Yeah, bad time Real for bad Bodhi. Time. <laughs> yep. And honestly, or also just like awkward time for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Based on this book, Baze is the one who laughs the most during Rogue One. So how's that for topsy turvy? <laughs> it's good. Uh, he laughs a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that but I feel like Baze laughs at all the inappropriate times. Just like me. Yeah. When I'm watching a Just movie. Like the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they all get out and onto the Ewing, and as the Ewing flies through the storm, Bodhi recognizes the engine sound, which is an Incom Corporation rebuild of their 9XR standby, because at his core, he's a pilot and a nerd. Yeah. As That's they escape obvious. and see hyperspace, he laughs giddily on the floor. Uh, Bodhi's had a rough day. He's had a rough day. He's had a yeah. rough life. He got borgulleted, so like... Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't an easy life before being borgulleted either. It was not. Yeah. Krennic had always intended to destroy the planet of Jeddah, not just the city. But then, he realizes that the rippling effect of the burning atmosphere and the cracked planetary cu- crust will probably result in its slow death anyways. And he thinks that poets exist to describe the profoundness of what he has done. Okay, buddy. Sure. <laughs> they don't. They don't, buddy. Oh, he's so self-important. He's so... <laughs> the, the, like, this book really just makes it so clear how arrogant he is. Yeah. Baby, Baby bear, please. Bear. I love his characterization in this book. It's really good. <sighs> it's so good. Just mwah. Chef kiss. David Draven is the bane of his peers and the hero of his subordinates. He doesn't want to play that role, but he knows it's a necessary one to keep the alliance going. Because while Mothma, Bale, Dodonna, and Saw are constantly fighting, and they can't agree on anything because they've got different ideals for the uh, future of the alliance, Draven has always focused on one goal, which is protecting the alliance and keeping it together. And you know what? He does a good job with that. He's kind of a shithead, but he does do a good job. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Like, these parts where they kind of dip into the characters that we see a little bit of, and we make these, like, really snap judgments, because that's all we have of them, right? Mm. But, like, from the movie, but, yeah, like, when when Draven is talking about how, like, I have to give direction, I have to give an order, and, like, people above me can, you know, fight about what they want to do all day, but, like, I have to tell my people something, Um, and like that he doesn't mind being the bad guy all of the time because he definitely kind of is. Someone has to be the bad guy and he's willing to take on that role. He's willing to be hated to make sure that things happen and that his people are safe. Yeah. Honestly, he's a good dad for the Rebel Alliance. Yeah. Not the dad they want, but the dad they need. The dad they need, for sure. Because they they have so many like soft dads. Yeah, they have a lot of soft dads. But someone's, someone has to say, you know, we have to go get your vaccines. Yeah, he's like the opposite. He's literally the opposite of Galen. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> Truly the polar opposite of Galen. The fact Ugh. they never get to meet is actually a terrible thing. Oh, God. Draven would be so done with Galen so fast. <laughs> so done. <laughs> He'd be like, why? Why are you being like this? This is not practical whatsoever. <laughs> uh, Private Weems. I just love that his name is Private Weems. <laughs> <laughs> Private Weems. 
It's the what only reason name. I have this line in these notes. Private Weems. Private Weems. Ooh, ooh, w. Yeah. <laughs> Private Weems. No. Ooh, ooh. Danny, it's not ooh, w. <laughs> it's ooh, ooh. Danny. <laughs> Danny outed himself as an old. <laughs> Themself. And also, I've never actually sorry, said ooh, out loud before. <laughs> Danny, I love you. Private <laughs> Weems. Wait, like, when in your regular life are you saying ooh, <laughs> never. I mean, surprisingly never. a lot. Yeah, like <laughs> surprisingly you're, you're, often. You're calling out the wrong folks, right? Yeah, now. You're, yeah. you're all extremely preaching online. to the choir. <laughs> <laughs> Private Weems, uwu, informs Draven that Jeddah City has been destroyed, uwu. <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> it would be the Wait, no, it's Unu. It's Unu there. <laughs> What's Unu? U N U. It's a sad face. Yeah. Is Uwu a happy face? Yeah, yeah Uwu's like a happy yeah. little face, and oh, Uno oh, is like a sad little oh, face. Oh, so cute. Oh, I thought yeah. Uwu just was like a sound you make around a baby. No, I mean, also it's, a, it's a face. Because like, yeah, in in like Japan and Korea, the W is like also short for like a laughing sound because it looks like a mouth that's moving. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. It's like okay. a little cat face. It's got yeah. a little like cat mouth. Ooh. All right, I see. Like it. it looks like your face when you're saying ooh. <laughs> yeah, ooh. It just, it just is. <laughs> yeah, it's time for sad oohs. Yeah, unu, uh, unu. The first time Jin had been orphaned had been on Lamu, as her mother died and her father was taken away. The second time was just before seeing Saul buried beneath the mountain after being nothing but as kind as he knew how to be to her. Hmm. And both the Galen she knew, the gentle farmer and also the coward on Coruscant, have also <laughs> died on Jeddah because she's discovered a new Galen now, one who never stopped loving her and one who never stopped fighting. She's failed both of her fathers, as in Saw and Galen, not the two different Galens, uh, okay. by not believing. And she gives into the memories that are fighting her and decides that she will help Galen stop the Death Star in return for his memory not haunting her anymore. And she's determined to have something to show for it when she finally meets him again on Eidu. Oh. Yeah, but when she tells Cassian about the message and the Death Star plans, Cassian's like, mm, I don't know if we can rely on that. And also we have to go to Scarif and we're in the middle of Imperial territory, so we can't send a message. Uh, so we're going to go to Eidu. And she's just like, oh, I guess I won't do my father proud then. So she's just going to have to do her damn best anyways when they get to Eidu. Um, and she can't actually tell if Cassian's lying or not. Krennic is pissed that Galen doesn't appreciate all he's done for him that he didn't ask for. After Tarkin is like, yeah, so the leak came from your boyfriend, Galen. Mm-hmm. So now he's off to Eirdu, just like Rogue, the Rogue One crew, to see Galen or so. Um, also, I have to point out a thing. Sorry. <laughs> Is it a base thing? Cause go yeah, for it. of course it's a base thing. <clears throat> uh, so when they're on the ship and Chirrut is asking Baze to um, tell him what he saw, um, Baze is the only person that Chirrut ever asks to describe something for them. Mm. because Baze, and they actually mentioned this in Guardians of the Wills which everybody should read if you haven't already but it's because Chir- Baze is the only person whose opinion that Chirrut like fully trusts 
And so he wants to understand how Bay sees it because he'll know that, like, those are the important things that he needs to know. That actually, yeah, that's kind of what I always assumed when he was asking Bayes in the movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he never he never asked anybody else to describe, like, because he can't see something, what's going mm. on. It's always just, Bayes, tell me what you see. Yeah, and Bayes does not want to actually tell him. Yeah, anyway, they're in love, so... They're in love. <laughs> that's really the point I'm trying to make here. They're very in love. They're very in love. They've and been that's where we're wrapping it up for, so for this long. episode. <laughs> Is they're in love and everyone's going to Eadu because Galen is very popular right now. <laughs> so popular. Maybe Galen's the little hussy over here. <laughs> the sassy little slut. <laughs> Thanks for that, Danny. You know what? I feel like Mads, Mads Mikkelsen would be like, all right. Yeah, Mads would totally yeah. be into that. I can yeah. hear him saying that in my head, actually. Oh, that... Me too, and it made me feel weird in my chest. <laughs> I really, I love it. It's so funny. <laughs> All right, what's the responses? It's time. All right. Yeah. Last week we asked, what's your fuai? Fins up all in hope for Tross, the rise of Skywalker. I'm glad we fit two acronyms into one. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Fins up uh, all in. Did we answer this? We did not we did. answer that. We oh, kind of did. did over the course of the episode. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll get right to the listeners. Let's just dive into the listeners. We'll go fins up it. all in on these fins responses. Up, fins in. up all in. Yeah. Glistening Mika said, Ampuai for some kind of saga enveloping musical cue from the maestro John Williams. I'm, a, I'm imagining a moment where, as Ray convenes with the Force Ghost, Anakin's theme blends to Luke's, blends into Leia's, blends into hers. A thousand generations live in you now. Oh, that's Ooh, really I, felt, I felt a tingly in my chest there. Yeah, yeah. that's what she that was a, a real tingly. but a good tingly. Yeah. By the way, the... I have to applaud Mika. We asked listeners to change their names to Glistening Blank, like back when you released our 100th episode in celebration, and Mika still hasn't changed it back. So God fucking you, bless Mika. Mika. Seriously, thank you, Mika. Thank you, Mika. Ben Warman said, "I'm Fuai for whatever John Williams manages to cram into the soundtrack. If this is the last <laughs> Star Wars film he ever scores." You know he's going to send things off with every theme and reference to his other scores he can manage. <laughs> you know, Chaos. it had never occurred to me to think about what the score is going to be like, uh, <laughs> and now now I'm like feeling emotional about it. I, I will say it's funny that chaos. those were the first two responses because I think I think we've I think those were the only John Williams responses. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got That's it okay, out of our system. <laughs> thanks to those two responses, I'm Fuai for the soundtrack now. So yeah, same. I'm Fuai yeah. for that. Yeah. Dinner leader said, I'm Fuai for Matt Smith playing Babu Freak, the same way Alan Tudyk <laughs> was the chicken in Moana, i.e. just the a grown man in a sound studio making animal noises, but also mocap, and I want it to be a major role. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If it's Matt Smith and I have to look at his face, I'm okay with that. Yeah, also the chicken's <laughs> name is Hey Hey. That's, That's look, so rude. No, no, no. It's because he looks too much like the Doctor Who doctor that I don't like and I don't want to see his face. Because he was the Doctor Who doctor. That's why he looks like him. And he yeah, looks so much like that character that he played. Too much like Matt. He, did, he just reminds me too much of that guy from Doctor Who and it's distracting. I don't, it's because he's got, like, usually I have, like, somewhat face blindness, right? But it's hard too because yeah. he's got a very distinctive face. So I can't just, like, have him blend into the background. Oh, betrayed I by your face blindness. I think about Doctor Who. I'm I betrayed ca- by my face blindness. I kind of feel the same way about Dominic Nugget. 
I, I wish who? I could recognize his face. Dominic he who looks now? Like... <laughs> Wait, what did you call him? Is that not how you how do you say his last Monahan. name? Monahan. Monahan. Wait, what did you say? Not I don't that. remember. I think I pronounced the G H. Oh. Like it's like adorable. like it you say in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Anyway. Wait, you pronounce the G H in Pittsburgh? Yeah. How <laughs> you how just ruined you say my Pittsburgh. own joke. Pittsburgh. I ruined my own joke, god damn it. Uh, it's it's Dominic Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pittsburgh. <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic Pittsburgh. <laughs> There's going to be Star Wars character's name. Dominic Pittsburgh, you know? <laughs> lost. Alright. Uh, Booty. 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 Uh, I, uh, <laughs> this is my favorite, but also least favorite time of year. <laughs> read all these silly names. Booty said, Fuai for rocking good time. At this point, I don't care if all my nostalgia buttons get pressed or if I get blindsided by complete newness. Just give me a satisfying ending. Hashtag that's what she said. Yeah. You know, I'm with, I'm with, I'm with Booty on this. <laughs> on which part, Saf? Uh, on it being a rollicking good, rollicking good time and just giving a satisfying ending. That's what I'm, she said. I'm with Booty on this. I'm with Booty on this. <laughs> well i hope i I hope booty can deliver a satisfying ending for all of you no pressure booty (laughs) i hope it's a good booty for you anyway evil liam said i'm fins up all in for finn and rose and ray and poe and janna not kylo ren though (laughs) i'm fins down for him all of my fins down Ventral fins, dorsal fins, ash fins, fore fins, blood fins. I don't think that's a thing. What is a blood fin? <laughs> Hold a blood on. Fin? Fins up all in for heroes, fins down all out for villains. Wow. Fins down a all good out. Quote. <laughs> that is... Fins down all out. I've F-D-A-O. Fidow. Yeah. <laughs> fins down. Fuai Fidow. Fuai Fidow. X-Wings in History said Fuai for Force Ghost Luke appearing to random Force sensitives around the galaxy and guiding them along the Jedi, the Jedi path. Also, if they don't use Ghost Anakin, what was even the point of making nine of these stupid movies? I want to see Hayden Christensen's gorgeous smile in this movie. Yeah, I don't well, want him to talk. I don't, wa- I don't want him to talk. <laughs> I just want to see his beautiful smile. Like, it would be cool if he showed up, but I hope he doesn't talk. Also, I just like, like Maul. Like that's my feelings about Maul. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a fair point. I like the idea of like this old man ghost Luke just like randomly appearing to people, being like, "Hey, how's it going?" Well, they're like eating breakfast and they just choke or something. Sup? Like, I could look at him again, but I don't ever want to see Hayden Christensen act act in a Star War <laughs> ever again. <laughs> I, I love that Heath is still on that road. Uh, Jennifer said, I just needed to do right by Leia. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Ghost Lynn said, fuck, I don't want Meg to be disappointed in me. Um, yeah. Hopefully, Trust will make us feel validated for sticking around through the ST discourse. Also, just some lovely friendship moments between Rose and Ray. This literally isn't asking for much. Oh, some lovely gay moments, please. 
Yeah. Also, yeah, us feeling validated for sticking around through all of this damn discourse would be yeah. some good vindication. Yep. Back to Jakulin, which I appreciate as a Halloween name because that is scary to Finn, going back to Jakulin. Yeah. <laughs> Fins, fins, what is it? Fins down all out for Jakku. Fins down all out for Jakku. Rose and Ray to interact and for Finn to get a big hero moment. Yes. Jason Flat said that Niku, the very best friend anyone could ever have, is amongst the armada ready to save the day. Yay! (laughs) Just Niku, everybody else in the Colossus died. Oh no! It's, it's just Niku and CB23. Because Niku ate them. Yay! Yeah, Danny's, having, Danny's having a wild roller coaster yeah. right here. Niku found that CB23 did not taste good, and so she is safe. Yeah, it's just <laughs> Niku and CB23 saving the yeah. day. Honestly, who, what else do you need? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dial M for murder, not a murderer. Sure, Jan. <laughs> said... Ray surrounded by people who love her as the final shot. No, not Kylo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 105 year old Jaina Solo, which is the scariest <laughs> name I've ever seen. <laughs> what a name. Said Ray Rose Hug. Yeah. Yes. Kira, not a scary name, said lots of Rose. Agrees. Yes. Brian said that Natalie Portman Vader is revealed, but for Yay. real. Yay! No, uh, like it's already it's already known <laughs> fact. What revealed needs to happen here? Which Brian is this? Uh, Our Lan- Brian. Lancer Wait, we have so ID. many Brian's. Lancer oh, okay. ID. Okay. We have so many Brian's. Mm-hmm. But for real, good wedge content. Preferably with him saying stuff like "Look at the size of that thing," or "Wait, I could do some good back there." And that the whole buried Star Destroyer fleet isn't just a rip off of the Katana fleet. Wow. Really going back to the Katana fleet. Any excuse to go back to the Katana fleet. <laughs> Octoberfest said that it's shot backwards like that Seinfeld episode. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really would be- funny. So mad. <laughs> I would. I would love that. That if would be like, so funny. If it like ended with the end. Or, no, if it started with the ending. <laughs> what? <laughs> now, how do we oh. get there? That's really funny. Rach and Baby Eight said Wedge Antilles and a cuddle pile with Finn, Poe, Ray, Rose, Chewie, and a spare pork or two. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Good I'm stuff. in for that. that I'm appreciating nice. all of these like love piles happening. <laughs> Hassan said, I'm Fuai to see a three-way battle between rebels. First Order and Empire. Is the Empire still around? Yeah, no, those those are Imperial Star Destroyers. Owned by Imperials and the Borgullet. Did Hassan yeah. say three-way? Is the Bor- is, yeah. He sure did. Yeah, <laughs> is, I'm, gl- is I'm the surprised it the took that Emperor? long <laughs> for us to... Meg, I think Palpatine is still the Empire. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure. Well, but it's what Borgullet. if Borgullet's been pulling the strings the whole time? You know. Oh what my they god! Say. What if Borgullet? What if it's just a giant mechanical Borgullet that Palpatine? Is no. What on if in the Palpatine? What if the Borgullet was inside of a Palpatine suit the entire time? And so the Palpatine. Oh my god! That it's was like murdered. That, was a like fake Palpatine. That, that one thing. 
I can't remember what it is now. Green. <laughs> Where they open uh-huh. it up and there's a weird little alien inside of the robot. Men in Black. Yeah, Men in Black. Thank you, Meg, for knowing what I was trying to say. I know. We were my men so in black. fixated on spider legs, we didn't realize that it was actually boar gullet legs this whole time. Oh my god! <laughs> it's boar gullet inside of a Palpatine, like a fake Palpatine. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. a real Palpatine um, robot, and then on top of a boar gullet robot. Oh my god! Amazing. <laughs> boar gullets all the way down. Boar gullets all the way down. <laughs> really, just three boar gullets in a Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have to change my Twitter name now. <laughs> Could you imagine if that's how this shit ended? <laughs> I would be like, Star Wars is good again. <laughs> Star Wars is so good again. After nine movies, so many Skywalker fuck-ups, just like the rise and fall of fascism, and it's just three poor gullets in a Palpatine suit. <laughs> It's like all of that for this. <laughs> yeah, life is meaningless. <laughs> That's the lesson. <laughs> so be decent along the way because you never know when it's just going to turn out to be three boar gullets and a pound of palpatine. It's good. That's good. That's good. I like it. Mm-hmm. All right. Amanda said Wedge. Dennis Lawson is Wedge. Dennis Lawson has Wedge being grumpy and Scottish. Mm, good. Wait, he's he's Scottish. <laughs> oh. No, maybe. Wedge and Tillis. I mean... Why? 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 Your Akbar. That's what that's what Aftab Akbar says when he sees Wedge, <laughs> aka his estranged father. See. <laughs> Danny, no, your no, Scottish was... weird, weird <laughs> and your Akbar sound the same. <laughs> and why is Scottish Wedge saying his own name? <laughs> introducing himself. Yeah, like... I did Tilly's! Wedge and Tilly's! It's like James Bond over here. Mike the Omni Geek at Home One said, He's Force Sensitive, as is Poe, and I don't know who he is, because that wasn't in the question. So we're going to move on from that one. Malai but Spoopy said, Oh, look, it's Lyra, back from the dead. It's a miracle. <laughs> if Lyra Honestly, shows up in this is, this is okay. my favorite one. See the previous Borg gullet theories, but just uh, <laughs> replace with Lyra. <laughs> Lyra's the Pal- vampire? Pal- Pal- Palpatine no, is three. No, I hate that. It's three Lyras in a Palpatine suit. <laughs> Oh, look, it's Lyra, back from the dead. It's a miracle. That doesn't explain the legs. That doesn't explain the legs. No, Lyra's, Lyra's not the leader of fascism. I, we, a lot of time has passed, Sap. We don't know what we don't know what she's been up to. Also, it gets she really cramped in that died. suit. It makes it crabby. We don't know what YouTubes she's been watching, what sites she's been reading. She got been radicalized. We don't know. For all we know, she was in the the Jedi tree, and Yoda burning it down released her from that. Yeah, what? And for all we know, yeah, there are three of her in a Palpatine suit. <laughs> I don't know. It just felt right that she would be inside the Force tree. Okay. <laughs> I feel it in my heart. Leah Urso's ex raccoon. Great. <laughs> I mean, she's a she's a she's a tree hugger. It makes sense. 
Spooky sapphic Skywalker said gay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yep. Roberto said that Leia gets the powerful ending that she deserves as hard as it is. Mm. <laughs> 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 she still deserves it. <laughs> oh no. That we have to cut that. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Brian the Wendigo said Ewok GIF. There was a GIF yeah. of Ewoks. He wants to see some Ewoks. <laughs> he didn't just say Ewok GIF. <laughs> yeah, there was he, there was a there was there was a GIF of Ewoks. More Ewoks, 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 Ewoks. It's Ewoks. Tyler said, Poe and Finn, just like being friends. I'd love to see more of that. Ray snapping Kylo's neck with her bare hands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a fat character who isn't treated as a joke. Holler. Anakin Force Ghost. Sinjar Rathvelos. I haven't heard that name in a while. I don't hear it out loud very often. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen it either. It's because oh, okay. he's been inside the Palpatine suit for a while. Listen. What the fuck? Listen. It was the Borgullet. How big is that Palpatine? <laughs> There's a lot of characters in there. There's a, a lot, lot of fake Palpatines. Okay. A lot of minor characters in that Palpatine suit. Holy ween. Which, let's talk about this. <laughs> let's not. Just go with Halloween. <laughs> You're trying to do too much here, I think. <laughs> <laughs> We're not with... workshopping people's Twitter names. <laughs> yeah, we should, we, de- we definitely are. <laughs> uh, Hooliween said, "Force-sensitive Finn." Yes. Yeah. Yes. And finally, Emily said, "Astromech team up." And there was a GIF of R two and BB eight. Thank you to whichever wow. one Woo. of you added that to the show notes. It was me. The, the Novikis have really perfected the art of speaking in GIFs. Truly. Yeah. Wait. 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 There was one from Maya. Oh, yeah. Because Maya didn't want to disappoint me. <laughs> yeah. But this she's... is literally why we had so many responses. Yeah, that we strategy should use that more well. often. The yeah. problem is, I'm sure most of these people didn't listen to the episode, but you know what? We'll still take it. But this we'll question at least made a good, question. good sense without having to listen to the episode. Um, Maya said, Force-sensitive, super-competent, but still a disaster fin. Put it in the spreadsheet, Heath. Joke's on you. We don't use a spreadsheet. (laughs) (laughs) Greg said... Oh, Oh, Greg's here, too. Where? I don't see (laughs) Hey, Greg, thanks for showing up. (laughs) That was kind of terrifying. Where? (laughs) Has he been here the whole time? Greg, speak up! (laughs) God, you didn't say a thing. No, his mic's turned off. I thought oh, you finally. He left his mic upstairs after he turned it off. All right, <laughs> I see what happened here. Greg said everyone else has the character wish list well covered, so I want a legitimately new starfighter design, or at least a more significant iteration than we have seen so far. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good luck on that. Yeah, the backwards Y wing that the poor colors. <laughs> this. 
this was not a response <laughs> to our question. <laughs> I'm not reading that. And I'm just copying our Twitter mentions. <laughs> I'm not going to mention that. I was in response to something completely different. Yeah. Uh, cool. I want to give a Bodhi to everybody. No! <laughs> we can't do this again. All right, fine. I want to give... Okay. We can each give one Bodhi. Okay, this right. one's actually Take supposed one. to be in here, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Everyone. All right. Tom the Fanboy said, Fins up, all in, for Chewie and Mez to have actual screen time together, and A... This is confusing because there's bullets and then letters and I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and hey, Maz to look super awkward when she meets Chewie's wife. That would be funny. B, Maz to be even more into Chewie's wife than she's into Chewbacca. Yes. Yes. Maz cute. So yeah. Great. All right. We all get one. We all get one we'll Bodhi get one. to give out. Do we all get okay. one Borgella as well? We all get one. Yes. We get one right. bo- Bodhi and one No, Borgella. I think there's only, I think there's only one Borgella, but we, there is, we can all there's get three There's definitely Borgellas. three. We already established <laughs> there's, that. There's three oh, gods. There's three in the Palpatine suit. And yeah. there's the real, there's the normal the, there's, Then there's the one in the Y-Wing. We can give out the one yeah. in the Y-Wing. Yeah. There's four Bor- Borgella. Yeah, there's plenty. Why wing is when we give up? Plenty to go around. All right, <laughs> Bodies. Hang on, I'm just trying to remember which one. All right, not not all at once. Gosh. There's so many. There's so oh, many. Oh wait, I want no minus Malai but Spoopy because it's Lyra Urso back from the dead. That, that one. Good. That one was good. That one was That's very mine. Good. All right, I'll give mine to Evil Liam for coining the phrase "fins down, all out." Thank you for doing that for me because I also want to give people him one because <laughs> it's a good quote, a good a good phrase. Um, I will give mine to Jason Flat because I really love Resistance and thank you for bringing Niku into this. I will give mine to Dinner Leader because I really appreciate like Matt Smith just being Babu Frick. Dang, <laughs> that's funny to me. It is. It is. But also, a glistening attack at a clone's Padawan braid. Yeah, also one of yeah. those. For not remembering yeah. that the chicken's name is Hey Hey. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ooh. I don't think we have any ball gullets this episode, honestly. These were all good. good it's outfits. a good batch. It's a great batch. It's a good batch. No ball gullets today. You're all safe. You're all <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm going to give a Borgala to every person that didn't respond to our listener question. To every person yeah, I'm disappointed in, you get a Borgala. Uh, you know, we'll give them, we'll give them a glistening backwards Y wing, all of them. <laughs> so, great. This week we are apparently going to make Heath cry on the next episode. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we are. Yes, we uh, are. Heath's last episode before baby time. The uh, <laughs> the listener question for this week is. Give Heath some fathering advice. Now, I must say, get your answers in quick, because we're, reco- we're recording early next week. Yes. Yeah. You basically have the weekend. Yep. And you can hit us up on Twitter with those answers, at Rogue Padron. I will be Our personally email. determining my glistening body based off of who makes Heath cry the most, just so if that helps anyone. We'll keep oh, our cameras on mind. next time so we can... Oh, we page. are absolutely not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> You can email us at roguepodron at gmail.com. Oh, frick. We had, <laughs> a, we had an email response, Babu? and I promised Swara we would read it, and then I forgot to pull it up. Swara. Oh, Babu. Let me guess. It's about someone being bald. 
That would or be kale. a good guess, but amazingly not, it's not. All right. Is it in the email because it's long? Or is it an it's email in the email because Suarez is not doing Twitter right now. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, can I just read it out of the email? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Suarez's response is, my fuai is twofold. One is us seeing Ray create a double-bladed yellow lightsaber and using it. The other is the reveal of her grandfather or great-grandfather being Palpatine. I still love both her being from Nobody's slash from the hashtag of Maul and Kira, but the heart wants what it wants. You were right about one of those things, and is her being from the hashtag of Maul and Kira. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Swara. Thank you, Swara. Our email... I think I already said that already. Yeah, we have a website. It's roguepodron.com. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash roguepodron, where you can get access to our Discord server, uh, random things we record sometimes, and other cool stuff. Go check it out. You can subscribe via the Rogue Podron feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, Google, and any of your other favorite podcatchers. Rate and review us on iTunes, please. Uh, we love it. We also have one at the moment. Which, you know, it's alright. Danny, give it to me. Is it... What? I can't even read that whole title. Oh, okay. I can guess what that is. Uh, great chemistry mod by mediocre... Audio. Audio. <laughs> Audio. I was trying to decide whether or not to make a joke, but... Me- <laughs> mediocre assholes. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> mediocre assholes. Yeah. It's from Lip16. Uh, it's three stars. So one of us is starving tonight. I love the hosts who have great chemistry and the dialogue and repartee are fantastic. But it's semi-undermined by the challenging audio quality. Challenging. Not listening... <laughs> Not I'm listening sorry, I'm host. sorry. <laughs> challenging. Challenging. <laughs> Ooh, less pleasant than it could be due to audio distortion, <laughs> Skype artifacts, etc. But the audio weakness makes it harder to follow and understand what everyone is saying. This podcast would be nearly perfect with some combo of adequate mic slash editing. My mic is adequate, excuse me! So it's just the editing. <laughs> It's just the fact that we're recording over Skype, I think. Yeah, it's Skype. This podcast will be nearly perfect with some combo of adequate mic slash editing. Right now, it's still worth listening to, but underachieving. Wow, put it on my tombstone. That's my life story right there. (laughs) Worth listening to, but underachieving. (laughs) Hang on, that's our our new Twitter bio. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Also, can you, like, change the rating if our audio quality gets better, please? And I have a dongle now. (laughs) And Meg has a dongle now. (laughs) He has a dongle now. Like, make sure you just say that wherever you go. <laughs> I have said just, it more often than I when need you, to. When you meet people on the streets. Yeah. I have, do- I have a dongle now. I just want people to know. Okay. Next time on Rogue Padron, we will be talking about the second half of Rogue One by Alex Friedrin. I already forgot what his really last name is. I think it's just free. <laughs> <laughs> So, for now, it's Rogue Padron signing off. Pash out. I had to shoot fast because Saf needs to leave. <laughs> Pew 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 p